Oh my. How do we say this? Well, I have no idea what I'm saying. I'm so distracted. Welcome back to our podcast, Poor People. I'm me. I'm Jackie. And today we are going to be doing sort of an interview format talking about moving, so switching homes or switching states and sitting there for a bit and living our life. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing more of the question talking and Jackie will be doing a lot of the answering, but we could always switch it up a little bit more too. Jackie has moved around a lot more than I have. I've pretty much stayed in California my whole life and she actually just moved again within <laughs> her city so it, we thought that this was going to be pretty relevant can you let us know where you currently live i currently live in portland oregon i live kind of close to downtown area kind of upper northwest area of portland um, closer to my dojo which is kind of nice previous to this i was living in southwest portland in the goose hollow neighborhood also kind of close to downtown Um, but in the Southwest area. And prior to that, I lived in Beaverton, which is west of Portland, within the Portland metro area. Can you let us know where you grew up? I grew up in California. I grew up in the Bay Area in Sunnyvale. And I pretty much lived there my entire life until I moved outside of California. When did you first move away from home when you were in Sunnyvale? I moved away from home back in 2008 to Davis, California for college. I went to uh, the University of California in Davis, which is close to Sacramento, which is the capital of California, for those that don't know. Um, And I moved away for like four years. It was interesting because when I was searching for colleges, I remember specifically wanting to stay close enough to home to be able to visit home, but not so close that I'd be home every weekend. <laughs> Were you ever worried about finances too? Like, was it sort of nice being sort of closest to home as like a safety net if something ever happened? I don't think I ever thought of that specifically. It was more that I was, I am pretty close to my family. So I liked going home to see my mom and visit her and see my dogs and everything. But I don't think it was necessarily a finance thing just because Davis for rent, like my friends and I had found a pretty good apartment for not super, it's not super expensive in Davis. At least it wasn't when I was in school. So it it wasn't really a finance issue. That and I had like a bunch of financial aid to pay for school. So that helped a lot. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. When you graduated, did you move back home or what did you do then? When I graduated from Davis, I actually lived in D.C. for about two and a half, three months for an internship. Um, It was part of the UCDC program. So I was there for a couple months and then I was going to stay in D.C. after that, but I had a boyfriend at the time that wouldn't be happy about that. And screw him. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't. We're not dating anymore. He's married. We don't talk about him. Um, <laughs> he's married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's married. He's fine. G- great guy. It's we just not on the same page. But uh, it, it was also because 
I tried to find a job in DC afterwards, but it was slim pickings for a college grad, like just fresh out of college graduate kind of thing. Um, wouldn't get paid very much. So I didn't, I also wasn't sure how to find a job as a not scientist. And it was just, I don't know, it was a hot mess time in my life. So I just moved back home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wait, so you moved back home and found a job home? I So I moved back home and story for another time that was a hot mess of finding job stuff and trying to figure out my life (laughs) um and then i got a job in san francisco and after three months of being at that job i couldn't deal with the commute anymore because as as you know like commuting in the bay area can take a lot of time especially if you're in the south bay and trying to move up to san francisco for work that commute is awful especially if you're not able to take uh, BART, taking Caltrain. Caltrain is lovely, but it's not the best. Uh, yeah, it doesn't come as frequently as the BART does. Yeah, and it's just, it was like essentially 15-minute drive to from my mom's house to the Caltrain station, about an hour to get from Sunnyvale to San Francisco on the Bullet, and then from there, another 15-minute walk to work. Yeah. So it was just too much. So I moved to um, San Francisco and lived with some friends um, for a good couple years because of work, essentially. Um, You mentioned that you had moved to Colorado. When and why did that happen? Ooh, this this one's an interesting (laughs) one. So I worked for a remote company. It was completely remote. So Essentially, everything that we're doing now in COVID, <laughs> I was prepped for because of this job. Um, but essentially, I could work from anywhere in the U.S. So I figured, okay, I'm going to move somewhere. What sounds interesting? Um, and I decided on Colorado because, let me, let me tell you the process of thinking around that. It's really silly. Prior to moving, I had traveled for about five weeks on the East Coast because it was a remote job. Love visiting the East Coast, but it's definitely not a place where I think I could thrive. I'm very gullible and my demeanor is is very Californian. Um, New York and everything, they just have, they have a very different, they have different mannerisms that I think don't really quite mesh with my personality. Great people if you get to know them, I'm sure. Um, But this is different. So I decided I wasn't going to live on the East Coast. Decided West Coast sounds like an interesting, you know, area. But I had visited Seattle before and I just didn't vibe with I, I liked visiting Seattle, but I didn't quite vibe with just Seattle in general. So I was like, well, I don't I can't see myself living here. I didn't want to stay in California because if I'm trying to move and do something different, I don't want to just stay in California. So I decided I didn't want to stay in California. Um, I decided Nevada, there's nothing really there except Vegas. You either live in Vegas or like, what else are you going to do there? <laughs> so I didn't want to live in Nevada. No one lives in Idaho. Actually, that's a lie. There's a bunch <laughs> of people now living in Idaho. But at the time, no one really wants to live in Idaho. At least the the groups that I talked to didn't ever talk about Idaho. And Despite my love for potatoes, Idaho was not a place to go. Arizona, at the time, I remember there was a lot of 
racism, like overt racism talks about Arizona. So I didn't want to move there. Oh, so you were Asian ruling woman. out like a bunch of places. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I so, so I ruled that out. And then I ruled out New Mexico because I was like, mm, what's in New Mexico? I don't know. Nothing. Breaking Bad? No, nothing. <laughs> so then I landed on Colorado and then I looked up Denver and I was like, you know, Denver might be kind of nice. And then I took a week to work in Denver. I ended up really liking it. And there was a bunch of things in Denver that would fit into the things I'm interested in. There's a lot of outdoor stuff Mm -hmm. and there's a great judo club there. I actually went to the judo club, competed in the Colorado state championships, not on purpose. It was when I emailed the head instructor at Denver judo, she was like, oh, we don't have Saturday practice this week. Um, there's a competition. Why don't you just come join? I'm like, okay, sure. Not realizing it was state championship. This us you were just visiting? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is funny. Really short story. But during that competition, I only had, I think, one person to compete against. And if you guys aren't aware, Denver is – they call it the Mile High City because it's literally a mile high uh, in elevation – so above ground level or above water yeah yeah Yeah. above sea level yeah um so a mile high above sea level california in the bay area is pretty much sea level so usually when you move that much in elevation you won't be able to catch your breath the oxygen's (laughs) thin (laughs) yeah the oxygen the air is a lot thinner out there and yes you can get used to it but usually takes about a month to acclimate essentially And I had been there for a week. You were not acclimated. I was not. So I specifically remember dying during that competition. I ended up getting second, which was great. Um, very tough fought, but it it was it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was judo there, and I am a big hockey fan. So the Colorado Avalanche play in Denver, so that was great as well. Yeah. So. I figured, like, okay, we'll we'll try it out. Let's let's move to Denver and see how things go. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up in Denver. What were your mom's thought of you moving away? Surprisingly, she's like, okay, oh. <laughs> like legitimately. That's I'm pretty sure that's if I remember correctly. That's essentially what she said when I told her, "Hey, mom, I think I'm gonna move to Colorado." Wow. <laughs> and she said, "Okay," which I think probably there was a lot more internal thoughts that she didn't really say aloud. But I think the general thing that she was weighing was that she knows that I've always been the type to be quote unquote adventurous. I've always been someone that travels by myself and do, I do all these things by myself. And I think she has a very similar personality as much as a, as a lot of people don't like to say, you end up realizing how much you are like your parents as you grow older. And my mom was pretty adventurous when she was younger. So I think she saw that in me as well. Yeah. So she figured it's best to be able to let me live my life and have my own experiences and explore and have adventures. So she figured she had raised me well enough that I can survive on my own. Yeah. And, you know. I was going to say, it sounds like she really trusts you and, and that you can take care of yourself no matter where you are. Because, I mean, yeah. you, you have you have traveled alone and came back in one piece, it looks like. 
Yeah. And I think the thing she realizes too, is that I just am a stubborn person. So if you tell me I can't do something, I... You're going to do it anyways. Makes you want to do it more. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've been super stubborn since I was a child. So I think something she realizes is that as much as she misses me, I also miss her. She doesn't have to worry that I won't call her at all because I will. But you know how usually if you travel somewhere, even if it's somewhere kind of close, your parents, especially Asian parents, um, like to have you call them and tell them you've gotten somewhere safe or whatever. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Family and friends. Text me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people are – some people aren't super serious about that, but – Parents yeah. tend to be super yeah, serious. Definitely are. Yeah. The first time I traveled alone, I traveled to England by myself, but I didn't tell my mom. I was like, oh, yeah, I have friends there. <laughs> I mean, I did, but, you know, I wasn't it's traveling with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lying. It was kind of a bit of a white lie, but, you know. And I went there and I came back in one piece, and I think she started to be a little less afraid, I guess, of me being able to take care of myself. She realizes that I'm very capable, I think, after that trip. Because she stopped being super worried about me traveling places. Living on my own for a while already in San Francisco. And when I lived in D.C. and like living in college, all these things, I always, when I needed help, I always called my mom. You know, it's like, mom, how do you make this food? Or mom, I can't fix the toilet. What's going on? <laughs> you know, Things like that. And I think she just like over the years has slowly learned to let go. Yeah, I feel like parents always want to feel needed. And I think she's realized that, yeah, I'm always going to need her. So yeah, I'm no not going to just like abandon her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's true. I feel strongly that my parents would prefer me to stay in California. But I'm yeah. also saying, like, they can't make me change my mind. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. They're going to be resentful and then eventually accept it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I mean, it's, it's, it's that saying, right? You just... It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Yeah. Is what I've been told. So I don't know. Do you do you think you have a pattern for why and when you move around? Like for employment or for change or financial reasons? Yeah, I think usually my choices for moving across states was because I felt stuck. Well, the, it was a number of things, but I think the easiest way to summarize it is that I felt stuck. I had a job that I liked and everything, but I feel like a lot of my friends at that time were kind of doing their own thing. And I was in a place where I felt like things weren't going the way I wanted them to go, whether it be with friendships or relationship like romantic relationships I think at the time all my friends in that area were newly in relationships or something so it was really difficult to find time to spend time with me (laughs) I just felt kind of stuck and I, I I didn't really enjoy my hobbies anymore things like that so I felt like okay I'm gonna start somewhere new where I'm gonna have a lot of things to do a lot of opportunities to maybe potentially purchase a home because that's something that I was always interested in I always wanted to purchase a home at some point in my life as whether it be as a single woman or as a married woman and I mean even now (laughs) with the boyfriend and everything I still think about purchasing a home by myself kind of thing staying in California it would be 
a lot more difficult for me to purchase a home by myself. How expensive is it to move around, especially across states? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends. Some people like drop everything, like they don't bring anything with them except for essential things and maybe some clothing. And then they just slowly over time um, collect furniture to furnish their place. Or some people bring entire trucks full of all their stuff and then drive it all. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny. Uh, moving can be expensive. And you're right, it has everything to do with what kind of possessions you want to bring with you. I can be kind of a pack rat. I have a lot of things in general. Um, my boyfriend has told me I should Marie Kondo my apartment. Um, he's not wrong, but you know, it's, I just have a lot of stuff. It's fine. Whatever. The first time I moved out to Colorado, moving my stuff, I think cost a thousand dollars or something. What? That's so cheap. That's like how much it costs to move from Mountain View to San Francisco or even within San Francisco. <laughs> and surprisingly, the, the moving company that moved my stuff was super professional, super nice. Can't say the same about moving back from Colorado to Oregon. Um, but yeah, I just got super lucky. I think it was like a thousand or twelve hundred or something, which is a, honestly a lot of money as someone that made like I don't how much was I making at the time? I was somewhere like I don't know fifty thousand dollars a year or something. That was a lot of money, especially since I had student loan debt and all this other stuff that I had to pay for. And that, yeah, know? I had no idea. I, yeah, I didn't know how much it would cost to move state across state lines at all. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, Honestly, I feel like it really depends on where you're moving to because I think I think moving from a state like California and moving to more popular locations would likely be cheaper than moving to locations that are I guess less popular because it's depending on what kind of moving company you've hired, it could be like one of those big giant trucks, right, where they're just loading a ton of things on there. And then they're just driving across the U.S. and you just happen to be along the stops and they can drop off your stuff. And that could be, you know, a little less expensive. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's just like going to somewhere that's off a route that isn't super common, it might be more expensive. So I guess it depends. And it depends on like what you have to drive through. Like if, oh gosh. <laughs> if the... Uh, Imagine going yeah. through a storm or something and then needing to stop. Yeah, like if a if a truck driver has to drive through like a mountain range or something, yeah, that's, then it's probably going to be more expensive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you you were saying that you have aspirations to purchase a home, have your own place, uh -huh. but you've also been moving around a lot. What yes. are your thoughts on officially like just settling down in one place in one city? Um, because you are sort of a nomadic person. I don't know if it's by yeah. nature or because it's your way to feel freed um, to explore new places and learn new things to feel less mm -hmm. stuck. Those two are sort of conflicting. I wanted to mm -hmm. see if what, what your thoughts were on that or if it's just um, something that you'll just have to experience. Yeah, I that one's a little difficult. I think I want to say the moves that I've done recently in the past three, two, three years, they haven't been big moves, right? The, the moves I've done recently in within Portland is just to move into different locations that to me are more advantageous. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the whole deal with moving in Portland, moving to Portland from Colorado was a choice, but not quite one that 
I necessarily wanted to make. It was a choice due to career. Uh, employment, right? Yeah, employment as well as my boyfriend's here. So that's kind of it's kinda of, kinda of helped push the yeah. envelope. Yeah. So the thing was like in Colorado, I was trying to find a job within my field, but it was really difficult. Um, at the time I was working as a fraud analyst and there's not a ton of e-commerce um, in Denver. So it's difficult to find a job in Denver. And this is this was pre-COVID. So of course, it's going to be a lot more difficult to find a job that was remote. If I could find a job that was remote, then that would be great. But having trying to find that balance with a job within the area or a remote job, but also a job that is able to pay you enough money to have to maintain the lifestyle that you're you have is difficult so trying to find all those things it's it's just hard so when I was looking for jobs during that time I I was interviewing with a company in Denver and I was also interviewing with a company here in Portland and the Portland company got back to me super quickly so and I had told my boyfriend hey this is one of your first dating it's like, hey, so if I can find a job in Portland, I'm willing to move there. If I find a job elsewhere and I can't find the job in Portland, then we're going to have to break up. <laughs> Legit conversation. <laughs> um, and I happened to get the offer in Portland first, and it was a really good offer. So I think, okay, I'm willing to move. And that's why I moved to Portland. So I actually, I had plans prior to looking for that new job. Um, just because I had outgrown my role at the job I was in. Prior to realize, having that realization, I had every intention to stay in Denver for a very long time. Because I was looking, I was casually looking at Redfin and Zillow listings for houses and stuff. So I had every intention of staying in Denver, actually. Um, but that clearly I mean, did not plans always out. change if you're okay with your decision. Um you could always just go back or it turns out you like Portland better. I like Denver a lot, but I don't know if I like it because that was the first place where I felt very in control of my life or if I truly like Denver for the things that Denver offers. I'm sure it's oh, a little bit of you both. You have good memories um, there. It was really good for your self-development. Yeah. And I in leaving Denver was very different from leaving San Francisco. Leaving San Francisco, I was on my last nerve. Um, <laughs> whereas leaving Denver, I had very fond memories. It's like, oh, I'm going to miss everyone. I'm going to miss all these things about Denver. And I still talk to all my Denver friends and everything. So there's there's that. What are your thoughts on the current COVID-19 climate um, and opportunities for jobs maybe at even current companies being permanently remote? Um, what do you think about that? As someone that worked in a remote position prior to COVID-19, I really like remote working just because I feel like it's a good way for me personally to focus. I don't know how other people would like that. Um, I think if companies are able to have that option, I think that'd be great for companies because I think it opens up the talent pool by a lot. You're not just looking at candidates within San Francisco Bay Area. You're looking at candidates throughout the entire U.S., right? And I think that just allows people from all over the U.S. 
a lot more opportunity. The only downside is a lot of companies don't know how to work remote. And I understand that we're, we all have been stuck in a year of remote working. But I think even then, there's a lot of things that companies and managers can learn about working remotely. Things like being overly communicative. Um, that's something I say a lot during interviews and stuff, but I think it's true. I think people just need to learn how to communicate really well. And that's a, that's a skill that everyone needs to learn when it comes to remote working. And that it's a difficult one. Um, so even though we're forced into the situation, it's still something that I think people can always improve upon. Um, and I think having the option of remote work will kind of level the playing field for a lot of people, right? There is a lot of a lot of people that need different accommodations, whether it be related to some kind of disability or related to family situations or whatever it is. I think having the option of working remotely will level the playing field for a lot oh, of like people. Accessibility, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll I think it also depends on the company, like you said, how well they can support these remote workers with their setups, um, the workstations. Yeah, I think that's, there's that logistical issue, but there's also the issues of dealing with managers, right? Um, I've <laughs> talked to a lot of friends that have quit jobs because managers don't know how to manage. the manage, For whatever reason. I'm, I'm one of those friends people... too. Yeah, well, that's to be right. Fair, who hasn't been in that situation? <laughs> right, but that's the thing with remote working though, is there's some managers that really shouldn't be managers because they don't actually know how to people manage. They are very micromanagey and they think that watching over your shoulder every second is how to keep their employees productive and that's absolutely uh, not true. So I had a manager like that. Uh, the first company I worked here in Oregon, it was lovely. She was terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, were there any insights that you'd like to share with your moving? I would say for moving, it's stressful. So plan ahead as far as you can. You can always get quotes from a lot of different moving companies. And a lot of the times I think people call maybe two weeks, a month ahead of time to figure out that stuff. But I had never moved before with a moving company in my life. So I researched like months in advance. <laughs> and I think research is really important about moving companies, but there's also researching the place that you want to move to as well. That's super yeah, important. Yeah, like the city and what it has to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not you're going to do well there. Yeah, so research the maybe the age groups there, the demographics to see what kind of people make up this population. Is it a younger crowd? Is it a more family-oriented crowd? Retirement community. Yeah, exactly. Like if you move to Florida, like what area of Florida do you want to move to? Like where is it? Where are all the old people versus where are the younger people? <laughs> so definitely research that. This sounds very specific. But if you are a person of color, especially a woman of color, <laughs> I would highly recommend looking into the demographics of the population in terms of race. 
I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's racist. That's like, why do you have to bring race into these things? But it's honestly something that you will notice, especially if you come from a place that is considered more diverse. The Bay Area. Yes. Coming from the Bay Area where it's at least something like 40% Asian, at least for majority of the cities in the Bay Area. It's very different going from 40% to 4% in Denver. So there's a bit of a culture shock there. And setting yourself up to understand that I think is very helpful. Definitely visit the place uh, to see if you like it. Because sometimes something sounds good on paper and then you go there and you're like, this is shitty. It sometimes, Or sometimes you're like, eh, this place sounds okay. And then you go there and you're like, you know, I really like this place. Something, this might be just a unique to the 2016 election thing. But as a woman of color, moving to a pretty much predominantly white state, and, and the city of Denver is also very white, and then realizing like, oh shit, is, is it safe to go outside? <laughs> yeah, I felt the same when I was in San Francisco. I know that uh, it's not exactly the same as yours, but as just a woman, I felt that. <laughs> I can't imagine how much yes. more afraid you were, if, if that's the right word. Yeah, no, I was definitely a little apprehensive about going outside because I wasn't sure. Because at the time with the 2016 election, there was a lot of news stories about Asian Americans being attacked because uh, white racist felt emboldened by the Trump presidency. You know, all those stories I'm sure you guys have heard of. I wasn't sure Denver was going to be like that. So I was very concerned. After a while, I had to leave my house and <laughs> and buy food because I had ran out of Get food. some donuts. Uh, no, no donuts. That was Philly. <laughs> that was different. Different story. I'm disappointed. But there should always be donuts I've, involved. Yeah, I eventually went out and I in the neighborhood that I lived in, a lot of people put out signs that say, you know, love conquers all, like love overcomes hate, all those different things. And I know a lot of people say those signs are cheesy. My boyfriend is one of them. But honestly, at the time, I needed those signs because I oh, needed yeah. to see that my neighbor cared. didn't, yeah, that they didn't hate me for being Asian. <laughs> So. Portland um, lawns are very vocal about how they feel. Yeah. Whenever I visited, I remember in the past, it, they were always really political. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I guess we could wrap up this episode. Sounds good. Thank you for listening. Join us next time. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>